born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Turn in your Bible to the book of Galatians and chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. We're not going to solve all the world's problems tonight, but we'll work on a few of ours. We have enough without worrying about the whole world and all the problems that are going on. Galatians in chapter 6, this is on page 1247 in a church Bible, one that's right in front of you on the pew. And uh, it says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Now we'll start with those verses and see how far we get. I have at the top of uh, the notes the practical address because we have a simple breakdown in the book of Galatians and because it talks about, you know, the, the personal things and then it talks about, you know, the, the doctrinal and then the practical. And so it's applying what you've learned. So chapter 5 and 6 is, well, application. How, how, do we, how do we live this Christian life? Now, we know that you're born into God's family by faith alone. When you trust Christ as your Savior, you become a child of God. You didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. It's not a reward. It's a, a birth. You're born into his family the day, the moment you trusted Christ as your Savior. And if you've never trusted Christ and him alone as your only hope of going to heaven, well, then these verses are not really to you because this is written to believers. That's why he says in verse 1, brethren, this is to those who have already trusted the Lord. And he's talking to them about how to walk in the spirit because you'll see there in verse 16 of the previous chapter. See there in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now every Christian has the old man, which is the uh, old sinful uh, I am. It is our sinful nature and we're rebellious. It's what we were born with. It's the way we are. And then you trusted Christ as Savior and we're born into God's family. 
God did not do away with your first birth. He just gave you a new birth. And now you and I have choices to make. We can walk in the spirit, means walk in obedience to the Lord. Or we can walk in the lust of the flesh. And everybody has the flesh and everybody has the spirit, if you trust in Christ as Savior. So you have a choice on which way you want to walk. So there are those who will walk in the flesh. And if they walk in the flesh, that means you're going to be bringing forth in your life these things that are mentioned in verse 19 and 20 and 21 of chapter 5. So if you don't want that in your life, then don't sow to the desires of the flesh. Because that's what's going to be. That's the will of man. That's your will in opposition to God's will. But now in verse 16, when he does make this statement, walk in the spirit, it means it's a, a habitual. It's um, repetitious. It's not a, a one time, well, I did it one time, and I don't have to do it anymore. I walk with the Lord one day, yay, that's good enough for the rest of my life. Now, this means to habitually keep walking in the Spirit, keep walking in obedience to God, keep learning. And then he talks about, in chapter 6, there's going to be those Christians that are going to stumble. So I wrote something down, and I uh, think it would be good for you. You'll see under verse 1, down at verse 1, on your front page there. Uh, To be overtaken means to be caught or taken unaware. Sometimes, you know, you didn't plan on falling, you were just, sometimes you're just plain deceived. And uh, you, you mess up. Not that you wanted to, but you, you wind up doing it because you got an old flesh nature that deceives you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be deceived. And so um, I wrote these uh, little statements down. Fault causes a stumble. When you have a, a faulty Mind in the sense that you don't always think clearly. You don't always think the way you should think. You're not always spiritually minded. And so you can have a fault that can cause you to stumble. And a stumble can cause you to, well, to fall. And a a fall can cause you to take a wrong step in the wrong direction. And a step in the wrong direction can become a path. It can become a walk. And so that's why you have to be careful and get in the habit of doing what's right. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. So that down the road, it'll be easier for you to serve the Lord and to walk with the Lord because you, well, you've been doing it successfully for a number of years. And uh, you're still going to have struggles. You're going to have ups and downs, but uh, it's a little, little bit easier. But when you're learning how to walk, you watch a little baby trying to figure out how to Take the first step, how to walk, and you got to hold them by the hands, and they walk, and then, oh, look at me, look at me, and they smile. And the parents go ape, you know. And then you turn them loose, and flat. And you pick them back up, and they learn how to put that foot out there, and they don't know where the other one goes, you know. But they learn how to walk. You let them go, and then they stumble, and then they fall. And you want to learn how to walk consistently. It's the same way in the family of God. So those who have learned how to walk with the Lord, those who are stronger in the Lord, those who are habitually spiritually minded, then God says, come along and try to help those that have a fault, that have either messed up or stumbled. And, and that's what he says here in this verse. See that in verse 1? Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual... 
That doesn't mean you're high and lofted and lifted up and you have never made a mistake in your life. You're walking with the Lord and you can help somebody who's not. And you can see and discern that they have the works of the flesh in their life. A person who's filled with bitterness and anger and envy and jealousy and all these things. Oh, they may not have committed murder. They didn't rob a bank. But there's other emotions that give way to an undisciplined mind. And so you want to bring comfort and help and peace. And a stronger Christian, your job isn't over just because you can keep yourself strong. Can you keep somebody else? Can you help them? Now, you can't walk for them. You can't make somebody godly and spiritual. But you can help point them in the right direction. And this is why you need to have a good testimony that you walk with the Lord yourself. Considering thyself, lest you also become tempted and fall. That's what he talks about in the last part of that verse. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Now, I want you to notice in the top of the page up there, the law of liberty because we'll talk about that. The sowing and the reaping, we'll talk about that. And then conclusion, which will be in the next lecture. But the, the law of reaping, there's the law of sowing and reaping. In other words, you reap what you sow. So you want to be careful what you sow because that's what you're going to reap. Be careful when you go to the grocery store, whatever you put in the grocery sack, when you get home, that's what you take out. Garbage in, garbage out. G-I-G-O, y'all remember that? G-I-G-O. Now, there are Christians who are in the, um, well, they need to remember, there is the C-I-O, C-I-O. Contact is opportunity. So I uh, believe in being a member of the C-I-O, not C-I-A, but C-I-O. Contact is opportunity. So whenever I have contact, that could be an opportunity for me to either try to win somebody to Christ or challenge somebody that knows the Lord to serve the Lord. Sometimes you help them by giving them assurance in their salvation that they can really know and how to explain it better. And so these things are very important. Now, I want you to look there at the little under letter A. There's a note, requirement for action is not associated in any way or tied into salvation or proof of salvation It is required because it is commanded by the Lord. Love one another. Now look there in Galatians 5 and look in verse 13. See, in Galatians 5, 13, it says, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. In other words, sometimes you hear people say, Well, if you believe in this salvation by grace, that means you just believe in easy believism. Uh, You believe in uh, giving people a license to sin. Because now you can sin and still go to heaven. Well, if I can't sin and still go to heaven, (laughs) nobody's going to go to heaven anyway. In other words, think about these two little phrases. If I tell a man, you must turn from your sins, what are you saying to that person? You must live a sinless life. Sinless life. Turning from sin means all. Do we require that you have to live a sinless life to go to heaven? No, because that's works for salvation. If Christ is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all, and Jesus must be the Lord and the master of your life, that is also sinless perfection. Because you can't fail in any area. 
People don't realize that when they tell people these things, they're asking people to do totally the impossible. They can't possibly do it. That's why so many question whether or not am I going to heaven or not because, well, I'm not living a perfect life. And I witness to people and they say, well, I'm, I'll, I'll trust the Lord when I can live it. So what do you mean when you can live it? You don't have to live the Christian life to go to heaven. Salvation is the gift of God. It is free. So when we trust Christ as Savior, he gives us this eternal life. So the Bible talks about loving one another. Not by the law, but by the law of liberty. The law of Christ and the law of liberty, the royal law, all means the same thing. It means you serve the Lord by love. You see, you may not love people, but you know God does, right? So because you know God loves people, you let God's love motivate you to love people. Because there's some people you like to strangle. You don't like them. I hate them. Serve the Lord is wonderful. It's people that you got a problem with, right? But God says, if you love me, serve one another. So we're to allow God's love to motivate us to do for others what we really maybe not even want to do. But we have to, if you'll go ahead and do it, and I used to tell kids, act enthusiastic and you will be enthusiastic. Have you ever seen kids on a, a ball team, any kind of team? And you're trying to get them excited about their team. And they're just a bunch of duds. And they just won't do anything. And you try to motivate them, get them all excited and to do the cheers. And they just stand there and look at you. And you say, act enthusiastic and you will be enthusiastic. If I can just get them to start hollering and yelling and screaming and we're going to win, we're going to tear them up, we're going to beat them to death and we're going to kill them. Well, maybe in Christian love. But we're going to win. And once they start and they can get on fire, next thing you know, everybody's hollering and yelling and screaming and jumping and excited. Because, you see, act enthusiastic and you can become enthusiastic. You start doing the thing God says to do because God says to do it. And after a while, you'll find out, you know, it is a lot of fun loving people and caring about people and helping people and winning people to Christ. And after a while, his love will motivate you and your love can be real. It doesn't have to be mechanical. You can do it because I really love the Lord. So when we're talking here in chapter 6, you're talking about the love that God has, not only for us, but for all the believers. And so when we care about somebody, the reason I don't want to stumble, the reason I don't want to fall, is one is I, I I don't want God to be ashamed of me. I don't want to let him down. I don't want to fail him. I don't want the devil to get victory and point his finger at God and say, look at that Yankee. He said, I told you he didn't love you. And God, I don't want God to be ashamed. I don't want to be ashamed. But I don't want somebody else to stumble over me. Well, if Yankee quit, would somebody else quit? I said, I've had enough of this. I'm out of here. Y'all just do whatever you want to do. It's about time I did. I done put 59 years into this and it's my time to do my thing. I'd be scared to death because I know too much. And my heavenly father says, you said what? (laughs) No, 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 no. Have you ever asked the Lord, Lord, I want to shine for you. And then whenever you see him moving his hand toward the lights to turn off the lights and make it all dark. Lord, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. You see, 
Darkness is what causes the light to shine. Our stars outside, they shine just as bright in the daytime as they do at night. It's just the darkness causes you to see them. And sometimes people under pressure is when you really get to see how bright they shine. What are they going through? What do they have in the face? What are their struggles? So down there in verse 9, just look down there very quickly. And he says, and be not weary. It's in chapter 6. Be weary in well-doing. Why? Because it's so easy to be weary and doing right. But he says, uh, you shall reap in due season if you faint not. It means you don't quit. Don't quit serving God. Never quit. Always stay on top and keep serving the Lord. Look there in your notes again at uh, under number two there. There's a little small letter A, the word love. Love does not mean tolerance of error. We are commanded to judge. Judging with the intent to discern good and evil. So what helps us in our discernment is studying the word of God so that we can discern all things. But that doesn't mean standing in just being like you're God's avenging angel or judging angel in the lives of everybody else so you can just point out all the dirt everybody else has got. You are so spiritual, you can see dirt in everybody. Tell me about it. Well, this is just for prayer. And buddy, they can let loose and tell you all the dirt on everybody. That's not a spiritual person. Because, you see, the key of being a spiritually minded, you want to help the person. You don't want to try to destroy a person. You want to help them walk with the Lord. So the next statement here, and you ought to underline this, spiritual judging is called discerning. And it applies to doctrine and situations. Judging with the intent to demean would be called judgmental. When you're trying to put a person down, shame a person, just try to destroy somebody, that you do not want to do. Look down at letter D. I put this in bold. But in the bold part there in the middle of your page, the godly love of the believer to all others is eternally focused. Heaven, salvation, and then temporal. In other words, to love God causes us to love others. And when we love other people, we become concerned about their eternal destiny. You see, people's greatest need is not how to make a living. I mean, it'd be great. It's not always getting money. It's not always having good health. Because sooner or later, you're going to run out of money and you're going to run out of health. Right? So that's not the most important thing. Now, we might make it that, but the person who really loves somebody, you want to help them spiritually. You want them to get right with God. Because if they know the Lord, and now they can walk with God through the rest of their life, you will not always be around. You can't walk through life holding everybody's hand. The greatest thing you can do is to help a person learn how to walk with God. And they'll learn that by your example, you walking with God. And if you do that, you'll be a great blessing to a lot of people. Turn in the Bible to the book of James in chapter 1. The book of James in chapter 1. Here you'll see a couple of these statements that we've made. Chapter 1, verse 22 You'll notice there in James chapter 1, verse 22, talking to believers, those who know the Lord. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. So when you come to church, you hear the word. That's all God wanted you to do, right? Because he's going to hold you responsible for what you know. Be doers of the word. Our lives, we're supposed to live out 
what the Word of God has placed within. And so he says, deceiving your own selves. Now, think about this. Can a person be deceived just because, well, I, I've heard the Word. I've heard the Word. But deceive yourself because you think, well, because I know what the Word says, but you didn't do what the Word says. You see, God's going to reward us in heaven for the things we did, not for the things we knew. He says here in verse 23, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. You look in the mirror and you see that you've got turtleneck sweaters on your teeth. You've got uh, cobwebs in your hair and you need a shave. Men. <laughs> well, anyway, who knows now? It's hard to tell. But you're supposed to let that mirror reveal to you what you need to do. You might need to brush your teeth, and you might need to comb your hair, and you might need to wash your face. See, the Word of God is to show us what we need to correct, and then correct the problem. You should not be the same way today that you were five years ago or ten years ago. You should be more spiritually minded today than you were then. Your life ought to be closer to the Lord and living closer to the Lord and being more like the Lord and knowing more of the Word of God and more of the will of God and more of the love of God than you were before. It doesn't get less, it gets more. And then he says here in verse 24, For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... Now, this is that royal law. This is the law of Christ, where you allow the word of God to change you. Remember, the reason we study the Bible after we trusted Christ as Savior is to change us. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It just means that God has so much more for you. He wants to use us. And so he says, and continueth therein, he being a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be and you underline, blessed in his deeds. That word blessed means also happy. That goes back to chapter 1. Being blessed by God. And if you'll do what God's word has to say. So this is the walking in the spirit. Walking in obedience to what the word of God has to say. Now look very quickly there in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy in chapter 2. Now this... Uh, Scripture's not in your notes, but I would highly recommend writing it down because it can help you a lot later. Just two verses here I want to show you. One is in verse 25 and the other verse 26. But because we're talking about people who have, well, have shipwrecked in their life, where their faith is not strong, where they've been overthrown. And so he says in verse 25, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. See, some people make decisions for their life that are against them, that hurts them, that leads them in the wrong direction. Your love for them is what causes you to want to help them realize the error of their way so that you can Help them go in the right direction. Because, you see, the one thing we want more than anything else in the world is when you get right with the Lord and your spiritual enemy, you want God's blessings on all of God's children. You want all of God's children to love the Lord. 
You want them, oh, they, when they get to heaven, you want them to be blessed by God with all these rewards and however God wants to use them. And the thing is, but it starts now. It starts here. So he says, if God prevention will give them repentance, a change of mind to the acknowledging of the truth. So people who get, well, in error in their life and they fall and stumble and don't walk with God, it's because they believe something that's in error. They're not believing something right. They're believing a lie somewhere. So he says, to acknowledging of the truth. God may use you to help somebody else learn how to walk with God. And it may not be that you have got thousands of people up in heaven because you, you got them to trust them. But it might be that you could have thousands in heaven that you've influenced to serve the Lord and to walk with God. You can allow God to use you at all times. Now look at the next verse, verse 26. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Anytime you walk in the flesh, Satan can control you. Satan can get you. Satan can bring you down. And that's why there's a lot of people in the Bible that fell. It didn't have to, but they get deceived and thinking that there's no problem, it's not that bad, and whatever it is, uh, lies come with it. Now go back to the book of Galatians in chapter 6. Now there's a couple words that are mentioned here that I think we need to take a look at, but turn your page to page 2. Page 2. Now, we know from the study of James, we've looked at before, God does not tempt any man to sin. But every man is tempted because of the trials and tribulations that we go through. And so there's a little statement here that I would uh, like to see you underline. And that's right before verse 2 where it says, God tests believers through circumstances and relationships. You are going to be tested. Your faith is on trial. And so therefore you need to understand you can fall because of what people say and do. Things get hard. Trials turn you against God. Make you mad at people. You can get mad at church. You get mad at the preacher. Look how many different sermons that I preach on how many different issues. If I can't make you mad on all of them, I, I must mind I'm doing something right. Nobody's going to agree with the preacher perfectly on everything. You should, but you probably won't. But anyway, there is uh, number two, verse two. I want you to see this. Burdens in this verse means problems or troubles. It is different from the word that's used down in verse five, which talking about your task or your responsibility. Because there's two verses here that talks about burden, having a burden. And so there are people who have burdens, and sometimes those burdens wear them down. Too much for them to carry. They need some help. They need some guidance. So you'll see there in verse 2, bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. It's love when you're willing to help somebody else share their burden, and you're trying to help them and encourage them and to lift them up. Whether by just being there and praying for them and helping them whatever way you can, that's a wonderful thing to do because that's God's way of loving somebody. You see, we don't see God down here doing all these things. 
He wants to do it through us. So when we do it, that's God doing it, but he's doing it through us. And God says, when you get to heaven, I'm going to reward you because you did that for me. You did it for the Lord. So always keep in mind that if you do whatever you do for the Lord, God keeps the books and you don't have to keep them. You don't have to always remember all the good deeds you did. You don't have to worry about it. Just do it. He'll keep the books. And God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. It would be a sin for God to forget what you did for him. And if you did it for him, you don't have to get praise, honor, and glory from people. Because God will take care of that. Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.